Hello and welcome to MFX. I'm your host Shivam Tibrewala and I'm excited to be here with you all for another very very exciting episode today with a very special guest. I welcome Josh Drasta. Hello Josh, welcome to MFX. How are you doing today? Good evening Shivam, doing absolutely fantastic. Uh lovely to be here. Thanks so much for inviting me over to your show. So Josh, before we get into the topic of the day, I really wanted to sort of talk to you a bit about your story, uh understand where you come from and uh who you really are. So uh to rephrase, who is Josh Drasta? Uh nice one. You know, I I don't really know how how far should I go, but if I start where I am right now, so uh currently work here in Dublin at the Google EMEA headquarters. Uh, as an agency development manager so what it means is that uh i take care of a portfolio of agencies and long tail of hundreds of brands uh, in several markets and mm-hmm. basically make sure that they excel in what they're doing and uh all their growth is sustainable so as you said before that i worked uh, in social media intelligence field for several years in singapore and mm-hmm. that's uh where uh me and my wife actually moved from uh just mm-hmm. uh, 9 or 10 months ago and before that uh, to be honest with you I didn't really go to school that much uh all I was doing is uh riding motorcycles and having fun so uh here <laughs> I am bit of a twist and turns of events uh made it to to Google and um started to making a career out of it I I think that's fantastic right so a key point that to note here is that you know when when people think of people who work at google they usually think of these massive techies you know only running code but then there's a you know there's a huge chunk of employees you know people who work at google that come from a very different background uh and are not of this you know tech tech coding uh, space right uh, so for listeners who are you know super interested in in working at google uh what would you say that you know what does google appreciate in 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 profiles and how did why did you choose google what makes uh, google such a special place to work i think there are several factors uh, making a google very nice place to work obviously you have uh, all the beautiful perks that people know of but uh, for me what it is is uh, having an access to quite an interesting array of individuals uh that mm-hmm. you can learn from either internally my colleagues or externally or our partners and um clients they're absolutely amazing folks to work with and uh for us google look for um actually not in hr so can't really uh pinpoint several <laughs> facts but uh one of the common denominators um of what i've experienced so far by making connections and talking to people is having an interesting story to tell and mm-hmm. it can be uh you know really excelling at school or it can be really having a unique journey of uh um uh, being a sports person being an athlete and then turning into uh you know tech career so there's actually quite a lot of uh different stories one of those that really uh sticking out is a gentleman who I met uh during my onboarding and he was a pilot and oh. <laughs> then he turned into um ad specialist so uh, i think this is actually what 
makes the place very interesting is mm-hmm. a constant journey of learning and getting to know people. And it's only the diversity that's going to bring you that. Yeah, I think, I think that's uh, extremely relevant in today's world. And, and Google is a very def- is a strong definition of that multi-diversity, multicultural, uh, you know, people from different backgrounds. Uh, in the end, what really counts is your motivation and your work ethic and, and showing intent in, in whatever you want to do. And, and Google recognizes that. Uh, so I think, I think for everyone listening out there, you don't need to, you know, have a, a certain background to enter into Google. You just need to have the right intent, right motivation and try to back it up with uh, some work. Just, just like, uh, just like my dear friend, Josh here, right? <laughs> yeah, I believe so. And for those who are really interested, you know, in getting to know company a little more or detail, there are tons of resources online, obviously, uh, where else than online. <laughs> Uh, just uh, Google it, uh, you're a search bar away from that. So um, definitely, if uh, you have any query whatsoever, I think it's pretty detailed. And as I said, one of the common denominators is having a very compelling and strong story to tell. And you can make a story out of anything. Uh, You just have to work on it. Yeah, I definitely agree with what you're saying here, Josh. I think having a story definitely makes your profile more attractive because it's more authentic it's more original right and slowly let's move on to uh, google ads right uh, we know we know that google ads is a platform that both small brands and big brands can use while uh, they compete for the same space right uh, how how can uh, smaller brands differentiate themselves and what makes google an equal opportunity platform you know, this is why uh, a job like that I have is so rewarding because you can see uh, either the big business or the small business uh, make it happen and really benefit uh, from the products and services that Google can offer to them. Um, and it, actually, the, the process is uh, pretty fair uh, because it's all about relevance. It's about mm-hmm. having the relevant offer. It's about having the relevant content whereby uh, your ads have very high quality, you have the right inventory for the right customer. And that would eventually allow your mom and pop shop to be more visible online than mm-hmm. a multi-million dollar company. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, but uh, talking a bit into it, what about, you know, uh, a mom and pop shop might have a few thousand dollars to spend in a year on Google ads, while MNCs might have a few million dollars to spend in a year. How can, uh, how can mom and pop shops differentiate themselves? What does Google recognize in mom and pop shops that, uh, that can make them and, you know, get, that can give them competitive advantage? Um, if I build up on what I mentioned earlier, I think uh-huh. one of the, most interesting part is uh, obviously if, if I'm real, uh, you're not going to be as competitive with uh, $100 as you would be with $100 million, which you put into your advertising, right? So you have to be smart about this and uh, mm-hmm. really look at where do you have a competitive advantage as a business. So mm-hmm. uh, let's say if you're competing. Um, against a bigger business that is carrying similar inventory, you'd be looking at differentiating, right? And it's a business decision. 
And with that business decision, you can make uh, uh, marketing uh, decisions whereby you can build your campaigns in Google Ads uh, with a specific goal, uh, mm-hmm. measure it in a specific way, and have it relevant to your audience. So um, you can, for instance, uh, target individuals that are in a specific uh, vicinity uh, around your shop. Uh, with um, uh, local targeting. So something like that would allow you to stand out. And obviously having a high page rank, meaning that uh, what the people would be searching for online would be eventually relevant to what you actually carry on your website, what you carry in your e-commerce store, et cetera. Oh, that's very interesting. I, I, I remember you sharing, me a, sharing an article up with me about uh, something called a funnel strategy that, 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 companies that that is recommended by Google, you know, it's a sort of a, a framework, you know, that can me- allow you to measure KPIs. Uh, how, how can, uh, what, what is this funnel strategy? How can, how can companies leverage this? Um, so looking at the funnel, right, everyone who does market is sort of understands that uh, it starts right from the top, right? It's uh, about mm-hmm. uh, getting a brand name out there. So working on the awareness and the, the further down the funnel you go, the more you go towards action. So mm-hmm. it's working on a pure performance. And um, this is where you see uh, pretty big differences between uh, companies that will be fairly mature in doing their marketing and understanding digital and those that are going purely for performance, right? Got it. Um, so let's say if you do have uh, something new to get out there, uh, you'll be utilizing the upper funnel. So working on your awareness, uh, trying to put your uh, brand out there. Um, and then if you go down the funnel to action, you'd be looking at, um, you know, KPIs uh, that would be more related towards immediate ROI. So the money that mm-hmm. I put in, uh, I want to see immediate conversions for that and see how uh, my clients are actually moving down the pipeline and getting the products uh, out there to their households. Oh, but is, do you recommend going th- through the funnel or do you, like uh, not recommend but uh, is it beneficial if they choose to go through the funnel as in the whole process or just decide where they which which part of the funnel they want to choose okay well uh, there's actually pretty interesting uh, research that people can look at as well it's called uh, the messy middle uh, where some of the scientists and researchers would be investigating what is it uh, within the customer journey that actually makes people click and lean towards your product or towards competition and uh, where eventually they get lost, etc. So it's an incredibly confusing process. And to, to answer your question, um, you can capture your uh, consumer practically anywhere. It really depends on uh, where they currently are and how do you understand the acquisition of your client, uh, whether you are reacquired them, so you'd be doing remarketing, for instance, or mm-hmm. it's a brand new customer to you, etc. So based on this, you will basically toggle um, the, the different KPIs on your dashboard and uh, focus on lifetime value, for instance, and increasing that. Uh, rather than putting a lot of money into acquiring new customers. So um, that would probably be something I would look at as well if I was mm-hmm. uh, an advertiser. 
Yeah, I think I think it's a fantastic framework, and I'm gonna share it on on the link in my in the podcast, and uh, everyone can you know sort of take a look at it, and sort of building into that uh, today. Uh, what is uh, you know you mentioned something regarding the ta- uh, setting a target, you know, targeting. Uh, how is it relevant today? What can what can companies do today to make you know improve their targeting in 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 terms of Google Ads? Man, I, I really love this part of setting up uh, your business marketing <laughs> objectives and campaigns because it allows you to be extremely creative. Okay. In a way, uh, you can rely on automation, but mm-hmm. you can really uh, pimp up your campaigns, uh, your marketing, if you are very well targeted. So uh, leading up, let's say, to Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Christmas period, uh, as an advertiser, you can target on specific shoppers. They show signals that they'll be buying product during this period of time. So that really allows you to uh, meet uh, the demand where it is as mm-hmm. an advertiser. So super interesting. And you can go down to uh, custom intent or in-market audience for specific products. So that really allows you to also play with uh, your brand strategy. So let's say if I'm a mm-hmm. supplement business, um, yeah. I could look at, uh, okay, who is it that I want to target based on my current consumer base? Who is it mm-hmm. that I want to expand into? And let's say I want to uh, expand into winter sports because yeah. uh, what I understand right now, it's only summer sports enthusiasts, surfers who like me, people who do a lot of hiking, and I want to expand into uh, winter sports category so I can target winter sports individuals. Wow, that's amazing. That. Uh, wow, that's amazing. That makes Google Ads super dynamic. Like anyone, you can target whoever you want. Uh, you know, obviously, they need to be a business of yours. And I think that's extremely relevant. It's, it's, uh, it's, it, it, however, uh, there's a constraint right now when, you know, especially something that I faced was uh, I, I was working in my family business for a few months uh, before I came for my master's and I had a problem. I didn't know how to run ads. Uh, and, and, and I'm sure there are many people out there in a similar situation where they have to probably spend on hiring an agency who, who probably charges them a you know a fairly expensive uh, retainer, especially for those mom and pop shops who don't have a lot of money to spend. Uh, how can they learn Google Ads? Where can they learn it? Look, uh, I think everyone, including those companies that are using agencies to uh, do the work for them, uh, should have at least basics of uh, mm-hmm. understanding digital marketing. And uh, if you look at it from Google's angle or Google ads, if I'm specific to this topic, um, people can always head over to Skillshop, uh, okay. which is an external platform where you can uh, pretty much go from the basics to being a pretty advanced individual in running and, and optimizing everything. And seriously, once you have that uh, combined with good hands-on experience with the market uh, you can easily apply for a job at an agency because uh, mastering <laughs> that uh, is going to give you a pretty pretty good advantage I, I do agree with that because that's exactly what I did I, I sort of do did some certifications uh, but then for me um, the best the best learning experience was to just spend some money on google ads literally like you know uh, it doesn't have to be a lot it can be a few hundred euros it can be a 
a few thousand rupees. Uh, just just go out there, try to spend some money, try to work on uh, how uh, you know you're running this ad. Try to set some goals, see what happens. Try to optimize on that, and I think that's the best way to learn Google Ads. And 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 if, and even for Google to like understand you and your business as well. Like the more you use Google ads, the more they understand you, the more you understand the, the tool itself. Right. Definitely. And you know, if I were to start from scratch, I would definitely try to look at uh, what you're saying. Like if I have the opportunity to, uh, you know, use Google ads to promote my business even better, right? Because I can learn on the fly, uh, do some certifications along with that, some courses. So that's definitely going to set you on the right track. Uh, and, I wouldn't stop there, right? I would probably look at, okay, so once I start spending money, I can see some results uh, in Google Ads, but uh, let's try working with analytics and see how I can link this to my website and do some more or less advanced types of analysis uh, to improve my impact as well. Okay, that, that's pretty interesting. Uh, Talking a bit about, you know, the current scenario that we're, we're in, you know, we're in the midst of a pandemic. Uh, a lot of businesses have been affected. A lot of businesses have made a lot of money as well. Uh, how has uh, shopping trends changed over this period? What can businesses do today to set themselves apart uh, on Google ads? You know, I, I spend uh, a lot of time uh, in my day-to-day -day trying to understand a changing consumer behavior and uh, in fact where I start most of my journey uh, is on Google Trends so it's uh, somewhere where people can go and really try to uh, you know find out what people around are saying how is that relevant to them etc so just um, looking at the, the current reality that is uh, very sad with uh, what is happening with the world but uh, you know staying on top of understanding the consumer behavior if you're a business owner is definitely going to help you so just uh, take an example of uh, a neighborhood restaurant uh, just looking at the, the search of uh, searches for people looking at um, when is the opening time of restaurants? Is mm -hmm. there uh, a level of lockdown that is impacting uh, mm -hmm. restaurant openings? Is there curbside pickup available, et cetera? So use that information mm -hmm. and make it available to the customers. So you can do this easily through text in your ads. And mm -hmm. a very easy way to start for most businesses is also updating their Google My Business card. And really- That's very um, relevant, right? Exactly. Given that option to people who are searching you on maps and mm -hmm. uh, your business is right there. So it's some just easy, uh, easy wins that everyone can adapt immediately. Yeah, I think you're, what the, the point you're making is very important because <laughs> it's a funny story. I, I, there's this ramen place in, in, in Barcelona that I really, really love uh, called Koku Ramen. And I, I sort of, when I came back from India, I, I was really craving ramen and I was like, I want to go to Koku. So I tech, you know, sort of just searched for Koku and it said it was open. You know, there was no mention of it being closed or anything. And I went there and it was closed. Uh, and I found that to be very, very annoying. You know, it's sort of a detractor in many ways. And, and for many, for, for many businesses out there, if, you know, it, it, as a consumer, it can get, it can be very good for you and it can be very bad for you if you do and do not update your information just like what josh is saying on google my business and and sort of uh, 
that really sort of adds value to you know any consumer's uh, NPS score towards your business. So I think uh, I think it's a very relevant point. And 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 uh, just talking a bit about several of the points you made, it it really looks like consumers are more willing to go local now, right? Because of the pandemic, they they prefer ease of shopping. They prefer you know what's around them because they don't want to travel too much. Uh, they prefer online, and and the best use of online is finding these local businesses and try, trying to like distribute through them, right? So, so I think it's good times for local businesses, right? They should really try to take advantage of it. Definitely for those uh, who are ready uh, to take up the challenge and. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, in certain situations, it is very challenging to, you know, make a pivot uh, and, 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 and challenge the current environment yeah. and offer something new. But the, those who are not afraid and who have the means to do it, um, mm-hmm. I believe they are set for success. And, you know, this is something that also builds loyalty along the way so if uh, i have a local grocer who goes an extra mile for me who allows me to do a curbside pickup who mm-hmm. will deliver um you know groceries to my old grandmother it is someone that by the end of this pandemic i'll really look up to and say okay this is someone who stepped up during this stepped period up. of time and um for business to do this online uh and get the message out there um with google ads it's one of the ways as well and um i'm sort of just like thinking about this one uh this one case of what happened during the first wave of the pandemic in many markets is that mm-hmm. people were obviously uh locked out of their usual environment and uh, yeah. they wouldn't go to the office but it was very nice summer for most european countries exceptional <laughs> summer for most like yeah. for us over here in ireland it, it it didn't rain for several weeks and it never happens and uh what i, I learned that. after several weeks is that uh, uh bicycles have been completely sold out in the whole country that's very true this is something that you as a business owner can sort of anticipate with reading what the consumer behavior is through um, tools like Google Trends and then make an offer based on that and uh, really try to keep um, your content relevant and your consumers um, also in check with uh, how many you have on stock, how well you can deliver it, when can they expect it, etc. Because uh, I was in that position myself when I didn't have a bicycle. I was like, shoot, you know, I'll be just like stuck at home for the longest time. <laughs> I will need one. And eventually the uh, the advertiser, the, the business that I decided to go for and buy from was the one that gave me all that information in that little ad saying, um, bikes XYZ available, delivered within a week. And I was like, perfect. That really tells exactly what I need to hear. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, a common misconception, something that I am a, a victim of as well, and maybe you can clear this up for me, uh, Josh. Uh, you know, when I go on Google search, I see the first, usually I'm the first one to ignore the first two uh, searches because I know they're ads, right? But then I, I had this thought recently, shouldn't, shouldn't I in fact choose those, you know, click on those ads because they're probably the businesses that are more active today. They're more upfront today. You know, they're, they're, they're more, like you said, stepping up to, to the sort of trends of marketing. So I had this, uh, you know, it was crazy thought because usually I'm the first one to skip the first two 
uh, links and go to the third link, which is the, you know, the organic uh, uh, search result. But shouldn't I, in fact, choose the, either of the first two links because it, it shows it's supporting businesses that really want to step up? Uh, I think it's a, it's a pretty interesting thought and you, you can do it this way, right? And you can see it as a uh, certain proxy of these businesses being uh, online ready and uh, having that product that they want to get out. And um, certainly it's something that matches your, let's say, search history. It mm -hmm. matches who you are as an individual based on your um, online behavior. So uh, they'll definitely be relevant for what you are looking for. So, um, and I'll be very happy if you support these businesses as well, right? <laughs> Selfishly. So um, I think it's actually a pretty interesting thought. And uh, it's something and I'm going to jot down in my, in my book over here that there are consumers out there who are just happy to support these businesses because they're online and they, they, they produce ads. That, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Um, and and, and uh, getting into a bit about the, the, you know, you spoke about the weather. It's a very interesting topic, right? You, um, I also read an article, something you shared with me about how, uh, how some, you know, some certain brands in India were taking advantage of weather-based marketing. It's, 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 it's crazy. What is this? <laughs> What's happening? Uh, yeah, I, I love that, man. It's uh, called cloudy with a chance of sales. And as you're <laughs> saying, it's outlining um, a case of, uh, I believe, an agency and, and, a, and a client trying to, you know, mm -hmm. use the weather patterns to really nail down their marketing and be there in a moment where a consumer actually needs that. So where there is demand. And uh, it is uh, just a race for relevance. Okay. Because, uh, you know, there would be certain products that have higher propensity to be consumed that uh, there are people out there that they need them when there is a specific weather conditions. And um, speaking of which, I had a similar case uh, as well, whereby uh, there would be a uh, swimming pool company that would be promoting their product uh, after several days of good weather because uh, there'll be a search of uh, individuals searching for swimming pools or swimming pool equipment. So you just allow them mm -hmm. to be there in that time. And um, as I mentioned earlier, like the, the targeting and the customization that you can make uh, is just plainly amazing. And some companies go the extra mile bar craving scripts like those based on weather patterns uh, to be a step ahead as well. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's fantastic. Uh, they use, uh, you know, um, decision trees to sort of understand when to run ads, when to not run ads. And, and it's just about, you know, uh, like you said, being, being, um, uh, being ready to take, to take the next steps using uh, Google tools, such as Google trends, trying to uh, find correlation between, what's you know what's happening offline and trying to implement that online i think i think these are very relevant and uh and i think businesses really miss out on these things these are really sweet tactics that in, you, you can use to save a lot of money uh, drive a lot of value uh, increase your organic and in uh, you know paid searches and and boost your customer customer loyalty customer lifetime value and i think businesses should definitely try to use this uh, more often. Yeah, definitely. Look, uh, this is one of the more 
advanced ways of doing that, right? So mm -hmm. uh, the automation processes are incredibly reliable nowadays. So if you do that, I think you're probably going to find a lot of success as well. Uh, if you want to go the extra mile, I think uh, sky's the limit. So and that's when really, you know, understanding the, the, the business, understanding the consumer and having a lot of common sense as well uh, comes together and you can make something special happen. Yeah. All right. I think I think this is this is a good this is a good chat. I think uh, everyone listening out there should definitely try to go out there and set up their Google account. It's completely, you know, uh, you just need a bank account and, and a credit card or a debit card and and you get charged only based on the, the, the outcome you want. And I think businesses should definitely take advantage of that today. Um, moving on, moving on to the, to the next round. And this is uh, to the next segment rather. And this is like one of my favorite segments. It's, it's, it's you know, trying to understand the speaker more. Uh, you know, so, so I'm going to pose some questions on to you, Josh, to sort of uh, uh, lay you out in the sun open so that people can, can understand you a bit more. <laughs> Give me 10, lay me out in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what's, what's, uh, what's, what's your favorite holiday? What, tell me, uh, you know, your favorite holiday. What does it look like? What does it sound like? I want to know. Funny you're saying that because I was actually discussing this with my wife today. Um, <laughs> my favorite holiday would be a combination of uh, some alone time, uh, hopefully somewhere warm, uh, with a lot of physical activities, cycling, gymming, running, all that kind of stuff, and definitely exploring mm -hmm. some local cuisine. So, um, yeah, combination of active uh, alone time and spending time with your friends and loved ones. Hmm. Are you a dog person or a cat person? Definitely a dog person. There is a thank uh, God of a wiener dog dachshund right here <laughs> that my <laughs> nice. wife painted for me. And oh wow, that's yeah, an amazing I'm, I'm, painting. Yeah, she, she she's pretty good at this. Yeah, uh, it's for sale if someone wants to. And <laughs> <laughs> I I actually have this uh, weird uh, dachshund obsession. So it's you know the little wiener dogs. <laughs> uh, that some people uh, make fun of, but they're, they're incredibly sweet and loyal and grew up uh, among them. So uh, the love huh. prevails. Uh, I, I know from your past, uh, you know, I know that you're, you know, you come from a family business background. You, you own, your family owns car dealerships, if I'm not wrong. Yes, correct. That's uh, so, where I so grew I'm, up. I'm sure you're like a massive car lover. So uh, tell me what's your favorite car? Like if you had... Um, if you had money to spend, which car would you buy? I will tell you immediately. I'm not sure that many listeners would actually understand what car it is. It's a Peugeot Expert TP, uh, which is a little seven-seater, uh, very... Seven-seater? You're a family man, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not a family man, but it's where you can put uh, all your motorcycles, bicycles, your friends, and you can go on nice trips and you can hack the, the seats out and you can make a little minivan to sleep in as well. So very so practical, had... man. Oh, <laughs> you need to send me the link of this car. I think I want my listeners to, to see this car. <laughs> um, uh, this is... Uh, um, What's your favorite drink? Uh, man, I really like Colombian coffee. 
and um, you can so also talk about alcoholic drinks. Go-to, yeah, alcoholic drinks. Um, Jameson Black Barrel, very good. Oh, you're a whiskey guy. Uh, nice. Um, Indians would love you. Indians love whiskey. <laughs> yeah, I, I, can, I can recall some pretty wild parties in India uh, <laughs> that I've had, and a lot of whiskey flew down there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, final question: uh, What's the last song you downloaded? Uh, I have a Spotify subscription, so I don't download. I know, but like, uh, what's the last liked song on on your Spotify? Maybe. I can I can I can take a look and we yeah. can be very very real time and relevant because that is actually relevant to the conversation that we just had. So if I open my Spotify right now, the last person I listen to is York by Christian Leffler. Uh, huh. It's a it's it's a DJ. It's a, sort of like a dubstep uh, trance style of music. That's cool. That's cool. I'd love to get the link of that as well. I can share it with my listeners and 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 listen to it as well. I'm I'm a big uh, fan of uh, you know trying out different uh, genres and and listening to them. So yeah. Uh, before we leave, Josh, uh, it's something that I wanted to speak to you about. It's something that you wanted to speak about as well. And and there there you know a few months ago I was I was going through a difficult period and. I was trying to figure out stuff that I wanted to do and, and, and suddenly you came into my life uh, and you helped me, you know, sort of helped me navigate through that period and, and you sort of gave me a lot of advice on a few things that turned out to be very relevant to me. And, and we spoke a bit about this later on and you said that you really wanted to uh, do this more often. Uh, w- w- can you tell me a bit more about it? Yeah, uh, it's actually something... Fairly selfish as well, if I'm very honest, because uh, <laughs> I, I just love talking to people. And especially now, you know, during the pandemic where many of us are locked up at home and mm-hmm. we don't really have the opportunity to to go out there and explore and see our friends or make new ones. Um, it, it's, it's a way for... Uh, for for me to connect with more individuals, probably relay some experience and point of view mm-hmm. that I have. And uh, I can just imagine myself in my early days when I was completely lost after school or even during school and I didn't know what to do and (laughs) just uh, having someone to talk to uh, explore uh, my passions uh, explore my ideas would be incredibly beneficial so I don't really regret anything in my life but if there is one thing that I regret is not having an access to people around me that would uh, show me or enlighten me onto a path that I could have taken and I'll probably be there a little bit sooner uh, than uh, now. <laughs> so it, it's something as you're saying that I sort of like kicked off like asking people, Hey, like uh, if you're looking for a third person opinion, I'm here to help uh, whether it be it uh, some sort of business mentorship, startup mentorship or uh, advising someone on their career going through CV stuff like this. And, I'm an individual that's open to anything and just love people, love talking to them. That's fantastic, man. There's a, there's a general dearth of people like you today. And I'm so glad that, you know, I, I know someone like you. And, and, and I'm so glad that my listeners are getting to meet someone like you as well. Everyone who's, anyone who's interested and is listening and is going through a tough period or is not going through a tough period, or just wants to have a conversation, wants to connect with Josh just because he's cool. Uh, <laughs> go out there and, and, and get it, get to know him. I think he's a fantastic person. 
and uh, you'll definitely not have you'll definitely come out of a conversation with him thinking oh my god that is so cool i learned something new today uh, and i think that's always a good thing right i appreciate it man thank you very much means a lot uh, from you of course of course uh, any any final thoughts uh, before we go josh I guess the last final thought would be just uh, encourage listeners to uh, keep listening to the show. I'm very excited that uh, <laughs> I had the opportunity to be here today and I'm excited to see it grow as well. So definitely share this with your friends or family on social media and uh, make this grow because Shivam, uh, I'm sure if he puts his head into something, uh, something amazing is going to come out of that. Thanks a lot for your super kind words, man. Uh, I really appreciate it and have a great evening and week ahead. Goodbye. Not at all, Shivam. And um, have a good day everyone. <laughs>